Hey folks, you got to pose in the matrix here. It is a Monday night, our usually night, our usual night for us to get together. It's uh, 6:35 here on the west coast, on the left coast. On the uh, on the uh, other left coast, which is actually the right coast, but it's the left coast. Um, it's kind of hard to explain. Um, it is uh, 9:35, and Eric, uh, let's see, it's 8:35 out by you. So I think I got all my times right. So we are going to be, uh, begin this program, and uh, tonight we have scheduled to talk about uh, the possibility of another CERN somewhere. Um, we've talked about this before, but some other things have come into light, and I think it's um, uh, it's worthy, uh, noteworthy at this time. Plus, it kind of um, will get our focus off of everything that's going on, but not really, because at the beginning we're going to talk about... Um, all this crazy election stuff that's still going on, uh, this delusion that the uh, the left thinks that they won, and they're being it's being promulgated by the uh, the news media and everything else. And uh, boys, are they in for rude awakening? But uh, so anyway, guys, uh, we were talking before we we went on the air, and um, and I brought up the subject, and I'd like each one of you to weigh in about it. Um, about Bill Barr, his veracity and his, um, is he really a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Um, are you reserving judgment on it till later or, um, or whatever, you know, um, it, it, there seems to be, uh, the news is trying to put out that he's a bad guy. Even Fox news was, uh, judge Jeanine or Jeannie or whatever her name is today came, uh, with her opening statement, basically called him another lizard in the, uh, in the deep state swamp. Um, so uh, anyway, fellas, uh, what is your take on uh, what's going on? You want to you start, Brian? or? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll start. Tip. Uh, well, like I spoke a few minutes ago um, that I heard tonight on Fox is that he was misquoted in his statement on the interview that he had stating that he, there was no evidence to to move ahead on and that he is going there is he's still looking into it so my i'm kind of waiting to see what happens you know at this point he has been around a long time he's been in washington a long time and so it wouldn't i wouldn't doubt it if he was part of the deep state and he was just putting up a front all these all these months and years but my the jury's still out um, he he could still uh, go after these these allegations that Trump has put out with voter fraud, which I mentioned earlier. Um, what I saw today on Fox is that Trump mentioned he has enough evidence in all the swing states to change the elections toward him, and the evidence is overwhelming. He he, haven't, he, he even has evidence in other states um, <clears throat> that he could uh, go after, but he's not. He's going after the swing states that. Uh, stole the election and it's overwhelming he said the uh, just trying to find somebody uh, a judge a uh, circuit court judge to hear the evidence and i got a feeling uh that he's going to be shot down at every point until he goes to the supreme court um and i think that's where it's going to finally end i think but um it's definitely was stolen from us there's no doubt and if for some reason Biden did get to be president, he's really going to be a lame dog president um, right off the start because half the nation's not going to trust him. 
half the nation's not going to be happy to the point where they're going to push back against these lockdowns or going to push back against all this stuff. And I think they're pushing back now, but I think people are waiting to see what happens with Trump. And if Trump is not in there in January, I'd say in February, there's going to be, and the lockdowns are still being pushed on us. I think there's going to be a huge public pushback with protests and things in these States uh, to just because people are sick of it and they know it's, they know it's a fraud. And so Bill Barr, you know, it's hard to say like Lindsey Graham, look what, look what's happened with him and these, right. and these different ones. So, I mean, look at even, uh, you know, Mitt Romney, of course, you know, he's, he's a Democrat. He's basically just a Democrat. Right. But these people, they get in these positions of power, they get these friends and they start doing favors for each other in the government. And now instead of working for the people, they're working for their own family. They're working for their own gain. And I'm not sure Bill Barr is one of those. I was really uh, happy when he first put him in there. But but he's been dragging his feet on a lot of stuff, not just election stuff. But there's there's the whole um, the FISA court thing. And there's a lot of other things he's working on with uh, Hunter Biden. And we still haven't heard anything about what he's going to do with that. Right. So the jury's out. I mean, part of me says he's going to stab Trump in the back. And but, you know, if. Trump is meant to be in there, and I believe he is. I, I believe God wants him in there. And as I mentioned before, it's because he honored God by moving the embassy to Jerusalem for Israel. Uh, just that one event, um, um, those who bless Israel, God will bless. And, and uh, he did do that. He blessed Israel, uh, the, our president. So it's not over yet. It's it's not over until inauguration day. And even on inauguration day, I don't know if it's going to be over because this, I think this 2020, everybody can't wait for it to be over, but I got a feeling 2021 is going to be worse. I, I don't want to make be a negative person here, but I just know what scripture says about the end times and what the world's going to be like before Jesus returns. Right. And it's kind of heading that way. And Trump got away, uh, got was what they call the wrench in the crankcase. Uh-huh. He's the sand in the gas tank. You know, he he messed the world order up and they wanted to bring it in with Hillary. And maybe this is God giving us a few more years to bless us before all the chaos of the tribulation starts. But I believe Trump is going to win that um, God's going to come through at the end. It's going to be a miracle. And there's going to be no denying it when he does it. Yeah, I agree. Go ahead, Eric. Uh, okay. Um, sorry, I'm trying to think of my thoughts now. Uh, we were talking about Barr. Right. Um, you know, some people have called, called him a traitor. Um, but I, I would probably encourage people to remember that um, – the mainstream media is now actively lying directly to your face. So we don't even know if they're even quoting these people correctly. Right. Um, and there's evidence of that already with other people. In fact, even Barr has come out now and said that uh, he, he was misquoted. So we have to be careful of just throwing people underneath the bridge right away. Um, 
just because of how um, deceptive the media is now, because it's pretty much uh, game time for them. If they don't, they don't get them out. Um, you know, this is what's going to be exposed is that there's actually a shadow government, a an Obama third term that is running just blocks from the White House, really, um, with people within our own government to basically oust and get Trump out. So right. that's what we're fighting. So that's the media, you know, factions within the government that are loyal to this, um, you know, to Obama and all the other characters that are involved with that, like Hillary and whatnot. So, um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's almost mind-boggling, but to watch the media lie like they do, but you got to realize that what 90, 95% of all media is owned by like what six people. Yeah. The Murdoch's and everybody else. Right. Yeah. And we've seen examples of where you'll see, you know, a news station, you know, running a story and you'll see the YouTube clip flash to another news station in some other part of the country, and it'll almost be just verbatim. It's the same thing because it's all it's all a controlled source. So, um, I'm very distrusting of the mainstream media at this point, even Fox News. Not that there aren't some there are some you know good people on there and bad, but it's kind of exposing that it's kind of all it's all tainted. Much like you know you have the Democratic Party and the Republican Party, but yet. You know, someone that is conservative like me realizes there's people on the right that are are tainted, and that's the same thing that I compare that to Fox News and the mainstream media. It's it's tainted on that side as well. Maybe not to the large degree as what the MSM is and what the Democratic Party is, but um, nonetheless, we have to be very careful what they state because. They are, in fact, most of the time lying or very much twisting what is actually going on. I think that's the problem. I think what's going on is not being talked about behind the scenes. And I think that's kind of what, um, at some point, this the charade's going to come down. And I think, you know, eventually this is going to come out when they start arresting people, because I've, I've heard they've actually already started arresting people already, and maybe, maybe not the higher-up ones, but they've been arresting people already, um, the military. So eventually we're going to have these military-style tri- tribunals for all these people that staged a coup um, against the president ever since he ran for office. They spied on him during his last campaign, and they've been running a coup basically to try to oust him ever since he got into the office. And now they, they defrauded an election with the help of foreign help, which was obviously, you know, Dominion. Only, right. You know, that's run out of Canada and Barcelona and Germany. Uh, all our votes are counted, you know, overseas. I guess now they found out that uh, China gave $400 million to Dominion just before this election and that, a lot of the counterfeit ballots that actually exist are actually made in China. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is where the 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 watermark, the QFS blockchain encryption 
watermark that's on the, the official ballots that were produced by Homeland Security. All they have to do is a forensic audit of a lot of those ballots to check for the authenticity of the ballot, and they'll know to sort those out, and they can also, you know, verify the signatures on there as well, which, you know, like a state like Georgia, you know, they've asked multiple times for the Republican governor to basically do a forensic audit on these ballots. Well, he's refusing to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, what's, you know, this guy is a Republican governor. He should be on our side. Right. But what is this really, really doing? It's exposing all the people that are popping up their heads to get Trump out. So we know that this Governor Kemp from Georgia is probably a deep stater. You know, right. even though he's got an R behind his name. That's what I've talked about before. Uh, we know that he's most likely deep state, along with all kinds of judges and obviously Democrats, you know, Democrats and, and whatnot. So. Right, right. Well, they were talking about Pennsylvania today. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> and um, they said in one of the counties that the machines had uh, they audited the machines, and that the uh, the votes were a hundred eighty five percent for Trump and one hundred and thirteen percent for Biden. No, one hundred and thirty five. I think it said for Biden. And it's like, isn't this supposed to be a hundred and a hundred? <laughs> you know, it's right. It's like, how do you get hundred and thirteen percent? They did that everywhere that they had dominion. Mm-hmm. So what Brian wow. mentioned, you know, he was, you know, they want to get the key swing states t- to get the victory. Right. Those are critical. But like I've said before, is this is going to actually spread from those swing states into blue states that are be considered blue and safe for uh-huh. multiple elections. Yeah. Right. And what yep. you're going to find is that you and I, we've been the majority. We've been the majority for a long time, but because they, they, they don't have the numbers anymore, they have to defraud elections, and they had control all these elections in a lot of these blue states so they could defraud the election. So you're going to find out that most of the country went red, if not all of it. Uh-huh. That's that's what I've been saying, and it, that's hard to believe. But you know, like you talk, Brian, about you know these sixty-five mile long um, Caravan. uh, yeah. caravans in in California, and you know Trump yeah. signs and all this stuff going on, and yet you know he, you know Trump gets his butt handed to him in the election, and looks like he does, he's not even close. And I'm thinking right. this, this can't be right. It's got to be at least a lot closer than you know it's been in the past, but it's. It looks no different to me than I've seen in past elections. So there's major fraud going on. So I think that he he probably wiped out most electoral map. I think we're going to find that out eventually. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Well, first enough to, to win the election, and then the rest of it will spread, and who knows how many months it will take to finally figure that all out. But they'll figure it out. They'll figure out how they're defrauding the system. Right. Um, and actually catch catch these other states. So if that's the case, then, um, you know, as Mark Taylor has always kind of echoed, this, there'll probably never be a Democratic president again, was his words. Or, well, from, you know, no, I was going to say that, from his, his lips to God's ears, but well, it would be from God's mouth to his ears. Well, <laughs> we have to be careful instead. He said that. He says, you also got to understand when I speak, unless it's from my prophetic word, I, there's parts of this I'm giving you my opinion on, you know. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people have really chastised Mark. Well, you you prophesied this and said no. 
that this is what's in my in the prophecy. That's that, and this is my opinion on on something. So you got to be a little bit careful. But chances of uh, there going to be another Democratic president after that after this is probably pretty slim, if not for a very long time, because no, I mean they're they're going to be a trash party yeah. at that point. So, but I do want to bring up uh, Pennsylvania. So. Q has a a post that's always been posting about Pontus um, opening the door of all doors. Uh, you guys, I, I don't know if you've seen that me post that on. Um, are you talking about Pocahontas? No. So, example, Q posted uh, Pontus open the door of all doors. Expand your thinking. What is the keystone? That's what it says, right? Oh, right, right. It's okay. the keystone state. So, what is the keystone state? It's um, you know, it's Obviously, uh, associated with uh, Pennsylvania, right? Okay. Now I haven't fully come to the understanding of this fully, but um, the other thing I want to talk about is Kim Clement prophesied that, according to what he heard from the Lord, was that you know God considers Trump to be his David. Okay. Right. Uh huh. So okay. So roll with me on this. Yeah. In Revel in Revelations chapter three, verses seven through thirteen, I want to read this to you. This is the to the church in Philadelphia. Right? PA right. Uh-huh. I'm talking about. So it says to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write. These are the words of him who is holy and true, and who holds the key of David. Huh. What he opens no one can shut. What he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. I see. I see. I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. Huh. So it makes me think of that posting on Q about the opening of the door of all doors, the Keystone, yeah. Pennsylvania. Yeah. There's some connection here to this scripture. Are you saying that Keystone might be a catalyst to something greater? Yes, I, I, I haven't okay. I haven't fully figured out what it is, but it's got something to do with this. Um, in Revelations chapter three, verse seven, verse thirteen, whatever the door of whatever the door of doors is, right. um, it's got something to do with that. But I just wanted to share that little tidbit with me. Honestly, I never even actually came across this. I actually had a friend at work that pointed this out to me regarding Q and the connection to this particular scripture area. It's actually Revelations chapter 3, verse 7 through verse 13. So something to consider at this point. So, Wow, that's interesting. That really yep. is. Yeah. yeah. I thought about well, it. Well, yeah. So I, I, I you know, I, again, I'll, I'll have to see how this all folds out with Pennsylvania. But whatever is going to happen in the natural in Pennsylvania is going to have an effect on the, the spiritual aspect of the nation. So that I know. Well, you know, uh, frankly, you know, I, I think what people are, are, are starting to see with all that's going on is that, um, is that where, where does your hope lie? You know, it's, it certainly can't lie in government. Because the government's corrupt, 
Uh, it shouldn't lie in any man, of course, but uh, but they're going to see that. Um, I think that there's only one answer, and that answer is Yeshua or Jesus, you know. And um, somebody had posed a question to me, as a matter of fact, not too long ago on Facebook, and she said, I really don't understand how people that don't have the Lord can cope with all this. You know, and I said, well, they can't. They can't. And they've they've grown up in it, um, in the system, in this beast system. And yes, they have uh, really thick scales on their eyes, and their and their ears are stopped up, so they can't hear the truth. But there, it's coming to a point where you can't ignore it anymore, you know. And and you're going to have to take some kind of action, and you're and people like that are going to have to say, you know, well, where do I turn? You know, I can't trust the government. You know, I can't trust some of my coworkers because they're, you know. They're kind of whacked out. Um, you know, my friends are all getting squirrely. Um, who do I trust? You know, and it's going to come down to at that time there. It's, it's kind of like, uh, when Abraham, um, if, if you've ever read to the book of Jasher, there was a time when Abraham was, um, was considering the gods that, that his father worshiped, you know, and he, um, at about that time, he was sent to live with, I think it was um, Noah and uh, Lamech, not Lamech, and Shem, Noah and Shem. And they brought him up in the ways of the Lord, according to the tradition, okay, and in the book of, um, not Jared, the book of Jasher. Um, and um, so he came back and he realized, and then, you know, that uh, that's when God spoke to him and told him to get out of there, you know, and go move to a land that I tell you to move to. And, um, but he, um, he did question for a while, you know, who's the real God? Who's the true God? Who do I trust? You know, and, and through, um, it, it's, it's a, it's a long involved story that I won't get into here. If you have to read it for yourself, but, uh, basically there was a price on his head. Um, Nimrod wanted him dead. And, uh, um, so he had a, he had a flea, he had to make a choice. And then that's when God spoke to him and, and um, so uh, we need to be um, praying just like when I pray for Muslims. I, I don't pray that any human being talks to a Muslim. I pray that God reveals himself or Jesus, Yeshua, reveals himself to to a Muslim in a dream or in a vision because they, they're really heavy into dreams and visions. And more Muslims have come around to faith in in our God than by using that method, by God using that method, and by any other method that I can think of, and so, and I think that's what it's going to take. I think it's going to it's going to take for people to to fall on their knees in, in tears and say, "Who do I trust?" And at that time, I think God is going to reveal Himself. Our God, um, Yahweh, is going to reveal Himself to to the um, those people that have for so long been uncaring and, and basically living in, a, in a, the beast system and not knowing that there's another alternative, you know, and, and, and that's, I think that's going to be part of the great revival that's going to happen before the end, of course, but um, it's, it's going to be interesting to watch and interesting to see that um, they're, they're, they're finally going to be able to, to have answer to their question and they're going to see that, um, uh, as you were saying, that, uh, you know, Trump has been sent here by God. And I believe that too, um, for a mission to, uh, 
and it's a multifold mission. It's a it's a mission that's got more um, facets than any diamond that you could possibly make up. You know, it's because um, not only is he the president of the United States, but he's a witness to the world. He's um, he's a witness to the people that hate him, which makes them hate him all the more. Um, and he's just. He's just got such a multifaceted job in this country right now that um, it's amazing that, you know, God, you look at Joe Biden and and you're going, basically, they're, they're running, and God forgive me for saying this, but they're running a vegetable for president and um, and a and a former, um, I won't use that term, but uh, we all know what happened in San Francisco uh, with uh, Harris, but... Um, they're running a, a, a sham um, election with two people that couldn't be less qualified. And I think um, I think a lot of Democrats, I think somebody said this earlier, either you or Brian, that um, people are starting to see that uh, this, this, this whole Biden thing isn't going to work. And he's gone on record, and I heard it the other day out of his own mouth. Yep. Saying that if, if Kamala thinks that comes up with an idea that's better than his, that he won't stand out of the way, and he'll feign some kind of illness and and remove himself from the presidency, which was their plan all along. So. Exactly, exactly. But. Either that, or declare him unfit under the Twenty Fifth Amendment. Yep. Um, Either way, they'll get him out. So. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So it's um, it's just man, I'm telling you, it's. It's interesting times, and it's, I think somebody mentioned here earlier, if you think 2020 has been something, wait till 2021. Um, I, you know, I, 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 I was online last night, and I did a, a short show, and it was like, I just felt compelled to do it. And it was like, um, how, what decisions do you make? How do you make a decision about what to do? Um, let's see if I can find the list. Here it is. About the vaccinations, should you take it or not? You know, um, and I'm talking about if you're uh, like me, if you're a nurse or if you're a frontline worker or something like that. And I read that uh, in one of the cities, I think it's in New York, that uh, most of the fire department has declared that they will not take the vaccination. OK, and then I, I studied a little more and found out that the vaccination, um, if it's the one that Bill, Bill um, Gates wants you to have, um that the uh, the implantation is actually in the syringe. Okay, it's not in the uh, the the uh, vial of medication itself. It's there's no nanobots or anything like that, uh, as far as this article article was concerned, anyway. And I said, well, you know, if you're compelled to take it, and you gotta you gotta go through the mindset of a person that works in healthcare or something like this. First of all, you're needed. Okay, your job is very important because you're needed. Second of all, you're you're supplying a, a, a lifestyle for your family, not just your wife and kids, but you know, other people in your family. So you're very, as men, you, you three of us are working, and um, we're very intrinsic to the survival of our families. You know, mm-hmm. so, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, so if they wanted me to take it. And this thing is in the syringe. How am I going to get around this? Well, I know that they're not going to do pre-filled syringes because when you take plastic and you and you freeze it and then you you unfreeze it at 
sometimes the medication does isn't the same or it precipitates in the syringe so it's going to have to be a device that's built into the syringe itself not into the um not into the um what am i trying to say the vaccination serum so and, and I asked the Lord, I said, what do I do? And he says, well, if it ever came to that, just grab a syringe from up on the unit, bring it down there and say, here, use this one. I don't want you to use that one, you know, and and that way I wouldn't get that thing implanted in my arm. But anyway, you know, and, and, and another question was, what do you do if there's a Biden presidency? Do you, you know, are we going to get out and into the streets and civilly disobey? Um, which I have no problem with, actually. Um you know, are we going to obey every edict that comes down the, the, the tubes? And have we realized that, you know, he's going to try to change your, everything? And, and and believe me, I, this is hypothetical because I don't think you guys, he's got a snowball's chance in hell of getting in. But, um, you know, if that 0.001% of a chance did happen, and uh, what, would, what would you do? How would you think ahead about that, you know? And, um, and, and there were other subjects I talked about that I won't get into, but... Um, so, um, I don't know. It's just, um, it's a very uncertain time for me, you and everybody else. And, uh, there's a lot coming down the pike and, and getting back to the people that don't know him. Um, this is, this is getting to the point. And there's a scripture that says that the nations will be, um, perplexed. Um, and what that means is, uh, it, perplexity is um, not just worried. It's it's like okay, we don't have a solution for what's going on. What do we do? We cannot. We do not have the answer. And so at that time, and that time is here. I think right now with what's going on, you know, um, I don't trust the Republicans. A lot of them. I don't trust any of the Democrats. Um, you know, and I'm sure that there's a lot of people out there that are thinking the same way that don't have faith. And, you know, I, I, I can't trust this person. I can't, I got to be careful about what I say because if I offend somebody, I'm going to get, end up in court, maybe get thrown in jail. Um, if I don't wear a mask into the store, is somebody going to complain? Am I going to get ticketed or arrested? You know, there's just so much on people's plates nowadays and they're looking at it and going, how do I eat all this? And, and, without getting sick how do i finish my plate you know knowing that there's starving kids in china <laughs> um it, that was a thing from back when i was a kid i don't know if you guys ever experienced <laughs> that but um yeah anyway it's just there's just so much going on and 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 i think this there, there's going to be a tipping point if there isn't already and i think a lot of people have reached have reached it um as a matter of fact i was talking with a, a co-worker that um he grew grew up um not necessarily a Hindu, but in that kind of uh, realm. And he married a Catholic girl. And uh, so was, I think his kids are basically being brought up Catholic. And he's, you know, he's sort of on the fence about what to do, you know. And, man, a couple of years ago, um, or four years ago, when Trump was running, boy, he was almost adversarial toward me. You know, it's, oh, yeah, well, you know, he's he's going to deport everybody, you know, and and blah blah blah, and, and and it was really hard to deal with him at that time because before that we had agreed to disagree about things like that, but he became almost belligerent, and so we decided just not to talk about stuff like that. 
um, to keep the peace on the unit because he's a really nice guy and I really you know he's a like a brother almost to me and um, so um, but lately he's been sending stuff to me you know questions it's like um, he goes there seems to be a, the last one was there seems to be a lot of evidence that there were there was a lot of fraud that went on and I'm like yeah he's starting to get it he's starting to see so see there's somebody that had the blinders on his eyes and, and the wax in his ears, but he's starting to see it. You know, he, he was yeah. totally belligerent four years ago when it came to this stuff, but he's starting to see it. And I think that this is a good thing. This is, um, although it's really hard for a lot of us, um, I, I think that it's, it's, it, it's a satanic attempt to discourage people, but I think it's going to backfire on Satan and that a lot of people are going to come to faith through this. Because usually when the church is oppressed is when uh, the church receives uh, more members because they see the church handling things correctly. And I hope the church would be in a good example in this, although I wonder. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, that's that's why it's important, me, you and, and, and everybody that's listening, that we um, that we set a good example for those people out there and, and see. Even if you're raging inside and um, that you just kind of have an air of complacency that you 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 know that you have an air that you know that everything's under control. And, and I think that most of us do anyway, not just the air, but have the assurance that everything's under control. And um, and it's going to cause people to want to know why. And that's that's going to open up a whole new door for a whole bunch of us. And um and it's it's going to be glorious, it really is. So I've taken up a lot of time, so I think I'll just be quiet. <laughs> I, I I'm sure that there's other um, you guys want to talk about that or other other things. So I'll just yield the floor, there was, so to speak. There was a question. There was a question. Thanks. There was a question um on the on the chat there. Will Trump be allowed to stay in office until the voter fraud situation is resolved? I would say that. The way I currently see that is that they'll get the issue resolved with enough states to give him the presidency by January 20th, but they will continue on after that to the additional states um, as they do a pretty much a forensic audit of all ballots, um, even in blue states. Um, and then you'll, you'll see... Um, the fraud across the board, across the entire country, and then you'll see these states flip red, and these electoral votes actually go back to their correct person. So, which would be Trump. So, I'm not saying he won every state, but it's a possibility that he did. So, uh, you mentioned. Yeah. Um, oh, go ahead. So, I'm sorry, Brian. Go please. Oh, oh no, it's all right. Go ahead. No, no, I'm, uh, it was a different subject, so I want you to go ahead. Um, I just on that same line, I read an article. Uh, actually, a couple of them a few days ago about this whole thing that the whole thing with Q and the code and Trump talking and coded in speeches and the whole Kraken thing that this isn't just fraud. This is a coup attempt against the United States president. It right. is. Right. And, and it so is. and Trump's not talking about it, but he could declare martial law. And he could also call for another whole election if he wanted to, either a whole election or in those states. He can take an executive order and he can order it done. 
so he, you know, obviously they're not talking like this on in te- on television and interviews. They don't want to they don't want to put the cart before the horse and uh, you know show their hand. But from what I've read behind the scenes, and Trump has actually alluded to this that it was a coup, that it was a takeover. Right. But he he doesn't go any further with it. But my point is that. There are certain criteria you have to meet in order to, uh, you know, when he took the oath of president against any foreign or domestic adversaries, correct? Right. So he's to defend America. So you have China, if it's true, and I believe it is, making false ballots and sending them to us. That's a foreign entity trying to overthrow our country. Then you have Dom- the Dominion uh, uh, computers. That's from Germany. You have two foreign countries now trying to interfere with our election, not counting Russia, air quote. Okay. Right. Uh, I'm just talking, it's, just, it's not Russia. Russia is the least of our problems. So I'm saying is that if he really wanted to, I guess what I'm trying to say is Trump knows it's. He knows this is all fake. He knows they're trying to throw him out, but he knows that if he if they, he lets them do it and he just leaves, that we're done. Right. That Eric mentioned about if it flips and Trump wins, that Democrats won't win for a while, and I think that might be true. Yeah, but it'll be damaging. Also, yeah, but if Trump just leaves and says, "Well, the Supreme Court or wouldn't the Supreme Court wouldn't hear it." Or this wouldn't happen, so I got to leave, and I'll, I'm going to run in two years or four years. Well, he knows that in two or four years he's not going to win his election because it's going to be rigged still. Right. So I, I don't think this is over. I don't even think it's over in January because if Trump gathers more and more evidence that foreign countries were involved with our people and blatant, uh, well, put it this way, um, the ballot harvesting is a felony. Right. You go to prison for that one. And if our people is, is if Americans are doing that, those right there, that's a felony. Now you have foreign gu- countries, our enemies, basically, China is our enemy, interfering in such a way to actually send physical ballots to our country for the Democrats to use. If Trump can prove all that, that's a declaration of war. That's right. They attack us. And so Trump can pull any card he wants and say, you know what? We're going to put this election off the table for right now. we got to figure this out. China did this. Germany did that. Who knows what other countries, probably the European Union, I bet, was involved. They hate Trump. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's a lot going on. And, and I'm not saying that's going to happen, but it wouldn't surprise me for Trump to do that. that the very day of the inauguration or maybe a couple of days before, he says, you know what? We've got too much evidence. We cannot go along with this. I'm going to declare martial law. That's it until we figure this out. Right. And I, I, I actually can see that happening because this isn't just voter fraud. This is an attack, a literal attack on our country. It's just they might as well have guns and storm the White House. Right. That's, yeah, it's, a coup, it's a coup attempt um, by 100%. a shadow government ran run by Obama uh, in the United States with people that are in their elected officials judges and whatnot in the government that are loyal to him trying to overthrow the president through all this fraud. That's why you're seeing all these people basically do nothing when they, they handle this fraud 
you know, evidence to them, and they literally wash their hands of it like it doesn't exist. And it keeps yeah. the, thing that's, the thing that's funny is that it keeps piling up. They find more and more and more, and it's it's almost starting to turn into a snowball. Right. And it's gonna. I think it's just gonna get bigger and bigger and bigger until people are gonna go like, "What the heck is wrong with these people? Mm-hmm. They're they're completely defrauding the election." If you won, why not just do a forensic uh, look at the ballots? If you're the winner, then you're the winner. Right. How tough? How tough is this? Uh-huh. I'd accept that. I'd accept that just fine. But you guys already know the answer. Right. Once you do that, they're toast. That's They'll find that, it everywhere. That's no different than the uh, the parents that find out that you're an anti-vaxer, uh, and they give their kids vaccinations. And then they complain about you being your kids bringing um, diseases to school. Well, if you got the vaccination and you're so sure that it's 100 percent, then what are you worried about? You know, that's the analogy basically that you just gave. You know, if it's 100 percent, if you're 100 percent sure that Biden won, then just checking and auditing everything should there should be no problem whatsoever. So you must right. just and, and I'm sure those parents the same way those parents know that that vaccine is a chance they're taking because they know darn well that when they get the flu after getting a flu vaccine that vaccines aren't 100 percent. OK, so they know that that it's a sham, but they'd, they'd rather live under the sham and be compliant little um, lemmings than than they would want to. Um, actually, you know, investigate and realize that they're being shammed. So, can, I, can I make a co- comment oh, on, yeah. uh-huh. on shots? Just a second. I'll let you yeah. take back over in such a second. Um, so I've never taken a flu shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I've taken I, up until this year and last year. I decided to take one just to see what would happen. And this has been my experience with it. I get the flu from it. Twice, two years in a row, and then I develop acute bronchitis from it. Right. So I end up spending at least eight to ten weeks after take. I would say that it. I start feeling the effects of the shot maybe about four to six days after taking the shot, uh-huh. and then I get, I, I get I get minor flu symptoms that last for a while, and then it turns into acute bronchitis, which is pretty typical sometimes of people that get the flu normally. Sometimes they'll, they'll they'll develop a secondary infection, right. um, like pneumonia or bronchitis. Well, I, I get bronchitis, so after I get over the flu, then I, I hack with for a cough for you know six weeks or whatever um, until it finally gets better. That's been my experience taking the flu shot. Now I, I realize not everybody's affected the same way with that. So, but I don't. I'm next year. I'm not taking one at all. So I'll take a medical exemption or a religious exemption um, to get around right. it. But right. I, I just, you know, I, and maybe I shouldn't have even taken it to begin with, but um, I've come to the conclusion that it doesn't seem to be worth it because I'm, I'm sicker more taking that shot than I am sick the rest of the year. Exactly. From anything else. Exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of like washing your car with muddy water. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, but uh, so anyway, I don't know. It's um, when it when it comes to the uh, uh, 
whether it's the vaccines or it's uh, the the whole election thing, you know, it's uh, uh, the problem is that the American people and even the churches are really guilty of this is that we uh, or I should say many and not we because I don't anymore. But um, the Christians, they go into the church and they sit in the pews. And, you know, I got to tell you a story real quick. I when I was living in Sacramento many years ago. I was looking for a new church, and I I decided to go to a, it was a Calvary Chapel. It was down um, south of Highway 50. I even remember where it was, but for sure. But um, and it was you know it had all the bells and whistles. It had the two monitors up there, so in case you were sitting in back, you could see what was going on toward front. And uh, it was very loud, which I don't like anymore. But um, anyway, I. Um, I was sitting in there, and uh, there was a break. And the this guy walked up to me, and he said, um, "Good service, huh?" And I said, "Yeah." I said, "I said, yeah, it's it's okay, you know." Um, and he looked at me, and he said, "Well, we whatever the pastor tells us to do, we do it." And that pretty well summed up the, the condition of the church in general. <laughs> um, it's it's. If the pastor says something, then it's gospel, and you go out and do it. Um, and I looked at him, and I says, well, geez, I hope he doesn't tell you to drink Kool-Aid, you know. <laughs> I went and sat back down in my seat, wondering if you know, he was going to run up there and tell the pastor, and I was going to get kicked out. Well, anyway, because I decided to sit in back, I was I was in the back while the pastor was back there, and, and some kid walked up and said, Pastor, you know, my friend is getting into this really neat thing. It has to, He's studying about Atlantis, and did you know that there's a city underwater and that, you know, and, and that uh, there's, there's a, a super race that lives down there and everything? And I'm going to myself, I hope he gives the right answer. I hope he gives the right answer. And, and he looked at the kid and he goes, wow, that sounds really neat and interesting. You know, and out loud I went, ah, wrong answer. You know, so anyway, I um, I walked up to the pastor afterwards and I said, I'd really like to meet with you later this week sometime because really the, the advice that you gave that little boy was wrong. And there is no such civilization down there. And basically you were just pandering him just to, to be nice, you know, and to just get him kind of to go away. And um, I said, you know, but I, I work with a consortium of people and we, we come against things like this. And I'd really like to be able to work with you so that when you get questions like that, you can refer them to me or one of the other guys in the group. And we can answer the question in a way that's in a biblical way that would um, would leave them, uh, would have them walking away knowing the truth. And basically that was dismissed. You know, and I can understand partially because I was a brand yeah. new person in the church and everything else. But but at the same time, um, you know, giving an answer like that to a kid, basically he was affirming that it was true. And so the kid probably, you know, well, hopefully he listened to the Lord. But, you know, he could have gone away from there, listened to his friend, gotten into the new age and been lost forever. You know, if <laughs> I don't know. It's just. I just get so frustrated, but it's the same way with with uh, the mainstream media. You know, if if the New York Times says that it's got to be true, if NBC, CBS, ABC, LGBTQ, oh, I'm sorry, that's not a news station. Um, but if they say it, 
it's got to be true, you know. So you listen to them and you live a lie. You believe a lie, you know. And I'm just getting just getting really tired of, um, first of all, the church not standing up and, and coming out with the truth and, and expressing the truth. And we all know why that is. We've talked about the 501c3 and, um, and just plain old fact that a lot of pastors don't know the truth. Um, but, um, I think it's, it's, man, it's just so frustrating. If anything frustrates me more, it's people that, that want to be sheeple, that, that want to just be told what to do. And then they get mad when you tell them what the truth is, because, um, you can go against a person easier than going against their philosophy, because when you go against their philosophy, it seems like you're attacking them in a deeper way. Um, it's, it's the most, I've tried to kind of pin it down and try to, 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 you know, put a name to it and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I could, I could walk up to somebody and say, you know, um, well, you know, I think that, uh, I just don't like you because, you know, you're, you're a liar or something like that. And yeah, they'll get mad at me, but they'll get over it pretty quick. But if I walk up to them and say, I don't, I'm really not happy about the way that, you know, you're, you're preaching, um, um, your, your democratic, uh, your socialism to, to, to your coworkers and stuff like that. Then all of a sudden, my goodness, bada bing, bada boom. You know, you're, you're, uh, you're a heretic, a hater, um, somebody that, you know, and then they usually go to the boss. So he's talking, he's talking, um, politics where, you know, they do it every day, but you do it once and you're, you're this evil person, you know, and, but, um, uh, so anyway, I think it's the, um, the, the, um, the sheeple mentality that people have that they don't want to learn. My, my people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge, the scripture says, you know. Well, they don't uh, want to know. I, I've noticed that with people. Like I even at church, I try to explain a little bit what's going on with this election and, you know, the military operation that's working behind it right now. And I tell you what, they couldn't run away fast enough. It's just like, yeah. really? This is your country. And I'm, I'm trying to explain this to you, but you just want to you you just want things to go on as as if everything is the same as it ever was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was very yeah. telling. Um, same yeah. as it ever was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I've I've had a I've had a few people like you know okay you know mm-hmm. you know I hope I hope you're right or yeah maybe, mm-hmm. um, but most want to go back to sleep, or at least within the corporate uh, structured church, they want to go back to sleep. I know there's, a, you know, obviously a vast network of people like myself and you and, I, you know, Dave and Brian um, that exists across the spectrum, um, across this country that are, you know, probably doing similar things, you know, research and, um, you know, maybe having their own radio shows, Um because they're not getting it. They're not getting the, um, it's almost like being spiritually starved to death Yeah. in a church and yeah. being yeah. blinded. You're right. And honestly, this is kind of what started me on my quest 10 years ago, you know, a, little, a little bit. Um, I, I felt starved, like I was being starved to death spiritually. Right. Um, do you mind if I answer a couple more questions uh, uh, from the chat? No, no, go ahead. All right. So it says, um, 
And then maybe after that, you can explain to Brian how to get on the chat because I, um, I, I get on it automatically. Um, I don't know how you do it. So, but go ahead. I'll look here. Um, well, I'm sorry. Who's Brian? You want to answer that? No, no. You go ahead. Go ahead. Sure. Okay. Sorry. Um, well, according to what I heard today from Trump speaking, that you know Giuliani actually is doing quite fine. So um, whether that's fully true or not, I don't know. But he says he's doing really, really well. So I don't, I don't think it'll probably impact him too much. Right. Um, and then Winsong had another follow-up question to the one asked earlier regarding Trump and voter fraud. So Trump can stay in office, postpone the swearing-in for whoever wins the election. No, that's actually not what I'm saying. I'm saying. I do think the um, the overturn of enough swing states will be awarded to Trump to give him the win before the January 20th inauguration so that he can be sworn in on the 20th of January. But I'm saying the investigation beyond what is required for him to win will continue on and probably could go on for a number of months after that. So that's kind of the way I see it happening. Um, mm-hmm. more or less. So, but okay. Yeah. yeah. And how, how do you get on that chat room? For, so Brian can, do you log into the, the, uh, the show or something? Or? Well, actually I just go to the, uh, the opposing the matrix, uh, show on Spreaker. Yeah. And then I click on the actual show that we're running right now. Uh huh. And then it'll actually pull up the um, as they're posting comments, it'll oh, actually okay. show up there in the live chat. So great, great. Okay, I didn't know how it worked. When you're sitting on this end, you know, you, you get it automatically. Right. Yeah, so I can see them kind of real time coming in. Um, so like you know, Winsong just said, thank you for clarification, Eric. So yeah, but um, yeah, sorry if I wasn't more clear before, Winsong. No, that's okay. Yeah, I think you oh, know you, you have to explain it. Okay. But, um, What's next? Anyway, oh, yeah. um, go ahead, Brian. I wanted to kind of add to about you're talking about the church. Uh, you know, we we not just us, but all over the radio and television, they talk about we're a, a Christian nation, uh, Christian values, and we're founded by Christian Christians and stuff like that, and that's all true, but if we're such a Christian nation at this point, why are the churches asleep? Because the very freedoms we were given by our forefathers and by God through them to worship, have freedom of worship has been taken by, from us, but yet we're supposed to be a Christian nation, majority Christians here. I think it's around 60 to 70% claim to be Christians. But yet, there's, the churches are sitting on the wayside saying that they're obeying the government because that's what it says to do in, in I think, Romans. But it also says not to forsake assembling to meet with the Lord, especially as you see day, day approaching. And I would just say, I'm sitting here listening to both of you thinking, this lockdown and these, this what's going on right in our country would be over in one day if the Christian churches all across the board every denomination would say, we're going to open our churches up to full capacity on Sunday. Stop us. All right. It's free. It's, it's our, it's our constitutional right to yeah. worship. 
they, they couldn't stop you. So if the Christians were just um, believers, and I'm not just the pastors, I'm not talking just the pastors, the believers in the churches need to push against their pastors, not just the pastors. And I hope there's pastors listening to us tonight that are convicted because the very people they're trying to appease, if they get into office, are going to completely shut the churches down next year. Yeah. It's, right. it's not going to just, we're not going to be China, but we're not going to be far from it very quickly. Well, they're that was the start, plan. Yeah, they're going to start taking our freedoms away immediately as soon as they get in office. And they're going to use the virus or whatever reason they're going to use, or they're going to make up another another disaster that's going to happen, mm-hmm. man-made, planned by the deep state to be used like 9-11, take our freedoms away. Well, there was an so, Agenda 21 yeah, process that they were going yeah. to, to run. Yeah. Um, so, but the pastors need to just, in the believers... I think they're just say there's I mean, I think it's a low number of 30 to 50 million believers, uh, born again, believers would just call their pastor up. If you're not going to open up our church, we're going to have church in our house. Yeah, we're not going to go to your church anymore. And I'd say, you know, we're pushing back against the governor. We need to push back against our own people. Right. Say, what are you guys doing? Because. I'm telling you right now, if the church has decided to open like the one down here in L.A., uh, John MacArthur, if, if a few thousand of those or 10,000 John MacArthur started to push back, the lockdown would end pretty quickly. And, and if Christians would get off their couches and start protesting peacefully and start doing the things the left does, but do it peacefully, don't right. pillage, but peacefully protest, go to the governor's mansion go to the Sacramento, whatever it is, but peacefully don't hurt anybody. Start making your voices really known. And I don't mean a thousand people or 2000 or 3000. I mean, 50,000, a hundred thousand, a million. I mean, there's millions of Christians and our country started this way, but unless the Christian values, Christian values that we hold so dear, we start living them like we're supposed to and stand up to this. We're not going to be a free nation much longer. Right. And we, and we, and I was thinking about this. Yes. I want Trump to win. I believe he's going to win, but we can't count on that. And he will be gone in four years if he does win. So we've got to pick ourselves up by the bootstraps as, a, as believers and with God's power um, come against this Philistine army. That's trying to take us away. And right. take us captive. They're literally wanting to take us our Bibles away, our guns away. They they took Christmas away. I'm not. I, I'm. You know. I. You know how I feel about Christmas. I think it's a great right. holiday, but I'm. I do Hanukkah. But they want to take Hanukkah away too. They want to take Easter away. And we're sitting here uh, as believers saying, "Well, we need to go along with the government. The government's totally coming against what it says God wants us to do in the Scriptures." And we're afraid of man. We're afraid of Gavin Newsom and these these senators and and these and maybe our even our new president, air quote maybe. I I would just say um, I'd say I get I kind of get a righteous anger. It's like come on, it's just open up your churches and start worshiping God. And I don't mean with a mask on. Right. I, I don't think if Jesus was here physically, he'd be in the in the in the temple worshiping his father with a mask on. No. And, no, no. You know, and we're afraid of a disease. 
Paul stuck his hand into a fire and got bit by a serpent, and, but he didn't die. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm just saying is this serpent of the Democratic Party and the left of the Democratic Party, they're evil, and they want to destroy our Christian values and this nation. And so I just I'm kind of going off here, but it's just like it's time to stand up. It's time to, well, as believers, say, you know what? I'm going to go to church Sunday. And if you won't open my church, then I'm going to have people over at my house or I'm going to go down to the park and read my Bible. And I'm doing something. Think about what a catalyst that would be, too, Brian, because Christians are always accused of being people that, um, you know, tell people what to do, but don't do it themselves. And, and, you know, we're always accused of not having a spine, not having a backbone, kowtowing to other people. But imagine if, if Christians got out and and did what you're suggesting, then other people would say, hey, man, you know, if the Christians are doing it, we're going to do it. We're going to open up our stores or we're going to open exactly. up our markets, you know, and, and what are they going to yeah. do? You know, how many churches are there in an average town? Well, our town is only one. There's only 130 people here, but um, your average town has about five or six churches. If it's a small town, if it's a city, you got thousands of churches. And so what they do is, are you going to divide up the police force and arrest, you know, um, all the Christians in thousands of churches in a big city? No, that's not going to happen. And, you know, and and plus we need to band together because, you know, there are going to be arrests. So if there are arrests and the churches that didn't have any arrests, you take up an offering and you say, okay, the offering this week is going to go to bail out our brothers who got arrested last week. And then, you know, if they get arrested, then the, the church that just got bailed out, you know, they, they'll still take an up an offering to get the other Christians out of, out of jail, you know, and it's, yeah, it's going to give you a record. It's well, it'll be a misdemeanor anyway, but you know, big deal. But, um, we have to switch over to, to the other subject pretty soon, but yeah, we're um, going to get to get to the good stuff. Yeah. Um, hopefully it's good. Um, but anyway, I, I like your idea, Brian. I really do. <laughs> I, yeah. I think it's it's a timely thing, and it's and it's time for it to happen. So, yeah. Um, if, you're, if, if you're out there and you're listening, call your pastor, and you know, tell him we said so. I don't care. Uh, but um, uh, you know, tell him, demand it. You know, and then say you're going to take an offering, and then you're going to send the money to a missions group somewhere. Uh, maybe send it to Jews for Jesus. Boy, that'll that'll make them open up overnight. Um, <laughs> so anyway, um, uh, yeah, and, and um, Kim, well, Kay, I'll call her the Kay lady. Um, I don't know about saying first names, so I, I I like to leave that people anonymous. But uh, has reminded us that we need to start talking about CERN. And uh, thank you, Kay lady. Um, uh, yeah, a few years back, you know, actually when CERN started, we we were quite concerned about it. No plane, no uh, joke intended. Um, but um, that it was wasn't just for splitting atoms and finding the God particle. That it was to open up a gateway um, for things to come through. And it's right about that time, actually, that uh, was it the uh, the Mandela effect started to be noticed, um, which is quite concerning um did they open up a, a portal and and we're bringing in parts of other universes or other um i shouldn't say universes because there's only one universe but there's a lot of dimensions yeah i would bringing... say it's an over 
it's an overlaying of the pit. Right. It's what, right. It's, it's what it's doing, basically. Mm-hmm. So are we bringing in re- other realities into our own that aren't necessarily the realities that we're used to? And you know what's funny, guys? i got to tell you this. Remember we, we were talking about the lion laying down with the lamb? Um, and that it actually says the lion laying down with the wolf in, in scripture. No, 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 the lamb will lay down with the wolf. I'm sorry. Um, so I was watching, or we were watching Sergeant York. It's an, an old movie and I hardly recommend it. It's about a conscientious objector in World War One that decided he was going to fight anyway. But anyway, um, so while he was sitting there, um, trying to talk to his, this woman that would, would be his wife someday, you know, they were both young in the movie. It was Gary Cooper and some lady. And, um, and every once in a while, her grandfather, I think it was her grandfather, would, would read a scripture out of the Bible. And guess what scripture he read out of the Bible? The lion will, uh, the lion and the lamb will lay down together. And I was like, Ooh. I'll be a son of a gun. It was in there, you know, and they didn't, they didn't take it out of the movie. <laughs> I guess they didn't realize it was in Sergeant York. They weren't able to take, take it out or it never changed or whatever the, the deal is with the Mandela effect. But, um, cause I, I labored for years under the assumption that in Isaiah, I think it's in Isaiah, it said, you know, it, it, it talks about the millennium and, all the blessings of the millennium and that, uh, you know, people will grow to be a hundred years old. And if they, they die before a hundred, no, if they die at a hundred, that they'll be considered a young person and that, uh, it goes on and on. And it talks about the child playing at the asp nest, you know, the snake's nest and not anyway. And it said, and the lion will lay down with the lamb. And in every version that I find of scripture now, it says the wolf and, you know, I know that I'm not delusional, and I know that I read that somewhere about the lion and the lamb. So perhaps that was changed. I don't know. I'm not going to say that. But um, it still conveys the same thought that a vicious animal is going to lay down with a docile animal, and they're going to get along together. So, But um, anyway, um, so we talked about this Mandela effect coming into a, you know, coming to be right about the time CERN started up, and I think that was in 2012 or 13, if I'm not mistaken. But um, so, um, uh, and we talked about other things happening too. And um, so one of the things that we talked about, and and I think there's a lot of credence for, is that we know that, that things were different on the earth before the flood. Uh, we knew that there were giants and that uh, after the... Uh, the book of uh, Enoch says that the giants all slew themselves, so they they weren't around anymore afterwards. Um, the Nephilim, that is, and uh, that they uh, that their spirits departed and they became what we know as demons today, because they were half human and half angelic. And since they they can't literally go to heaven, they'll be thrown in a lake of fire. Well, anyway, um, so as um, I go with this, so. Uh, the earth was, was drastically different before the, um, before the flood. And there's no doubt about it. Um, man wise, it's, it's becoming a lot the same. And Yeshua promised that that would happen before he came back. But, um, so when 
the angels were judged. Um, well, it says outrightly that the uh, angel Raphael was sent down to uh, to earth to take a hold of Azazel and to lock him up in a prison. I guess Azazel was the worst of all the characters, um, all the um, fallen angels that had come down and cohabited with uh, human women and created them. Yeah. Azazel is actually, uh, in Hebrew, is, uh, or actually, uh, I think it's actually exists in the Hebrew in the Old Testament as scapegoat. So. Scapegoat, yeah, exactly. And yep. that's what they would send out every year uh, on Yom Kippur. Uh, they would keep one goat and slaughter it and then send the other one out, and the sins of Israel were supposed to be on it, and they would lead it out to this valley. Um, so... Anyway, Raphael, supposedly, according to Enoch, is the one that came down and took Azazel and, and brought him to an area. It was a desert area called uh, Dudael. And um, and the earth opened up, and he's imprisoned somewhere within the earth there in, in Dudael. Now, remember that the earth was drastically different. Um, we do not know where, when. well, some speculate the the. Uh, Garden of Eden's in the uh, center of the earth, but if it was on the outside, it w- it would have been wiped out with the uh, with the flood, as would many different things. Um, and so we we can't ascertain really where these areas would be. So I I did an exhaustive search trying to figure out where that Dudael may be, and um, never came up with any answers except that it was a place that was in the desert, and that there were. Um, there were lots of uh, little mountains and deep valleys there. Okay, um, so anyway, we're talking about um, them using CERN to try to. Oh, let me let me back up just a little bit. Um, when the uh, fallen angels were imprisoned, um, the what well, we speculate and and think and and hold to. Um, well, that would be me, Jim, and Eric. Um, Brian, we really haven't talked with it to any extent, but um, that uh, that the Earth was really before the flood at a zero degree inclination to the sun, which meant that the sun was always on the equator, which means that there was there was daylight on the whole planet when um, when it was daylight. It would be from the North Pole right to the South Pole. Granted, it wouldn't be a long day at the North Pole, but still, um, it um, it there was uh, sunlight there, and so anyway. Um, However, the uh, the flood occurred. A lot a lot of people think that a comet hit the Earth and and caused the crust to crack, and that caused the water underneath the continents to come shooting up into the air, um, up to 200 miles into the air, and fall down as rain, as well as rain coming down from the ice canopy that was around the Earth that protected the Earth before, because the Bible said that that existed. Um, and so. Um, when this thing hit the Earth, it probably knocked the Earth off its axis to the 23 degrees that it's at today. It probably wobbled for a little while, but Noah being in the ark and under you know miles or above miles of water, he would never have known the difference. That's the nice thing about being out at sea during an earthquake. Uh, if you're far out enough, you don't feel the effects of it. Um, so. Anyway, the water's drained and everything, and, and the Earth was at its 23-and-a-half-degree uh, uh, inclination, which it's at now. But um, during that time, sometime during the time that it had changed, the angels were locked up, um, according to what we believe, and um, and the Earth tilt was basically like a lock, like you would put a key in a lock and turn it 
to his, uh, turn it to the right and then bring it back forward. Well, that, that lock is already set to the right. and It's going to stay there until you turn it all the way to the left. So anyway, um, speculation is that the, um, that CERN, and I, I've got a, a web page here to just to prove something. Um, and it's talking about the magnetic, um, abilities of CERN. And it says, um, and this is from, home.cern <laughs> so it's at the CERN website and it said the Lars Housen Collider, the LHC is currently operating at an energy of 6.5 TeV per beam and I think again that means Tesla electron volts um, all the magnets on the LHC are electromagnets the main dipoles generate a powerful 8.3 Tesla magnetic fields more than 100,000 times more powerful than the Earth's magnetic field. That should bother you. Yeah, <laughs> it should. That should really bother the heck out of you. Um, so uh, anyway, now, those of us that have been involved in construction and stuff or or, or anything, basically, uh, if you were really a good in math and you were involved in geometry or something like that, you know that um, for – in order for something to work correctly, you really have to have a counterbalance or something to counter it just in case it doesn't work correctly. Um, when you buy new uh, tires for your car and you put new wheels on it, um, you always, there's no such thing as a true wheel. They, they all have a defect to them. So you have to put balances on one end of it or maybe on several different parts of it so that the wheel turns true while you're driving down the road and you don't get a vibration in uh, the rear end or, you know, in your steering wheel. Um, so everything has to be corrected. So um, since there's nothing perfect, you always have to have a, um, a counterbalance. Um, if you've ever driven a forklift, you know that at the front of that thing, there's a large weight on it that probably weighs about four or 5,000 pounds. Um, and that allows you to lift up all that weight that's on a pallet. So, um, and that's called the counterbalance also. So anyway, if they're going to use CERN to try to straighten out the earth, you're going to want to have to have a counterbalance because if it goes awry, then the Earth's going to be in pretty some pretty big trouble. Um, you know, it's talk about a wobble. Um, it, it wouldn't even be a wobble. It would be a well, I don't know what you would call it, but uh, it would be more than a wobble. And um, however, if you were to have a counterbalance on it, um, you could correct that by turning on the another CERNs, let's say, um, in order to correct that. And you could bring back things back into stasis, basically, although you'd be at a zero degree now because that's what, that was your whole goal to begin with. So anyway, um, so I was wondering one day and I says, where could, where there, could there be a counterbalance? Well, it would have to be exactly on the other side. Um, if you look at a forklift, uh, all the weights on the front end, so that when you're using the back end to lift something up, it, it kind of makes up for it. Um, so you'd want to put the counterbalance on the other side. So I got onto Google Earth one day, and I said, I'm going to look at this and see what happens. And um, so there's actually something. And what amazes me about the Internet is that you can find something for everything. And there's actually a map tunneling tool that will show you if you burrow through the Earth where you would come out. Okay? I didn't think this existed. when I just typed in one day Earth map burrowing tool and this came up and I'm like wow this is awesome I need this I don't want this um, and it's free and it's at uh, 
freemaptools.com forward slash tools to side of the earth. Um, there's a hyphen in between all those words, .htm. Um, anyway, if you were to put the crosshairs above right where CERN is, um, the other side of the earth, exactly the other side of the earth, is a little group of islands called the Chatham Islands that are east of New Zealand. And I went, okay, well, that's, that's kind of cool, you know. And, um, so I, and I said, well, let me look at these islands. So I got on Google Earth. Thank God for Google Earth. I found lots of neat stuff on there. Um, and I said, let me look at the Chatham Islands. So I looked at South Chatham Island, nothing, and then there's a little one in between, and then there's a bigger one up above it with a gigantic lake on it. And supposedly the Chatham Islands are used to raise lambs. Um, if you've ever had lamb from New Zealand, it probably came from the Chatham Islands. Um, so um, I was looking at the, nor- the North Chatham Island, and I, I saw this thing. It looked like a grove of trees, and it, it's shaped exactly like a perfect arrow, kind of with um, um, the tail of the arrow coming down at an angle and then curving, and then you know you have your your the head of the arrow, and it's pointing. And when you, what it's pointing at is this really odd-looking building, um, something like I've never seen before. And it, it looks like a, like the head, almost like the head of a man without a neck, um, with a, some arms raised to the side and, and the hands raised up. Um, it's the most bizarre thing. And you can go to Google Earth and look at the Chatham Islands and check it out, and you can see the grove of trees. And also there's a bunch of trees that are laid out in little, I don't know, it almost looks like... Um, you could almost make a hieroglyphic out of it or something like that. It almost looks like it's it's some kind of lettering or language or something. And I, I've yet to figure it out. And maybe that's for minds that are greater than mine. But, um, but the arrow pointing at this building just really freaked me out. So I'm like, okay, well, this pretty well convinces me that there is a counterbalance. We're just not told about it. And it probably, you know, is a black project between um, – Australia, New Zealand, and the United States, we all put it together, and it's sitting there waiting to be operated. And maybe it is operated from time to time. Who knows? But um, because we're not always told when CERN is operated as, as um, oh, I didn't talk about that story. I think I did about the lady disappearing. Um, but anyway, uh, they do run CERN sometimes um, in kind of like in a clandestine sort of manner without telling anybody. They conduct I think, experiments. I think they try to fire it up, but you know they have it. It, it keeps breaking. That's what's doing. I think. But, well, thank God for that because it's well, saving think, our bacon. I think God is basically delaying it until the time. So. Right. Right. Well, I was thinking, you know, what would work even better is if there was four CERNs, because then you could really fine tune things, right? Well, I, I look and then it says that uh, China is planning on building something that's very similar to CERN. It's in a particle accelerator, just like CERN, except it's going to be much larger than CERN. I think CERN is 2.7 kilometers around, and this one's supposed to be something like 27 mile or 27 kilometers around. I can't remember the figures correctly, so don't quote me on that. And I said, okay, that's interesting. Where are they going to put it? So when I checked before, there was uh, it was a Last year or the year before, there's only one place, but now they've, they've picked three different sites. One of the sites is going to kind of be e- a little, just a little, um, I would say, east-northeast of Beijing. And But I'm thinking to myself, you know, that, to put something that large there is kind of dangerous. I, well, the Chinese don't care about their people anyway. Um, 
especially when you got what one point eight billion people, you know, you can you can afford to lose a couple hundred million. It wouldn't really matter to them. But um, in, in lieu of that, let's let's just say that they're going to put it in a safer place. What do you, if you were to um, if you were to burrow down from the original location, you would come out right at the uh, I can I can't remember the name of that bay, but there's a big bay or gulf they call it. Uh, that's uh, it's where the south of Brazil, Uruguay, and Argentina all meet. And um, as a matter of fact, if you remember, about three years ago, there was a it wasn't you know published in too many places, but all the water seemed to disappear from there for several hours, and nobody could figure out why. <laughs> and um, and at the same time, there was uh, an abundance of water over on the African coast, so much so that they were issuing high wave warnings. Uh, the waves were just crashing over everything um, in South Africa. So the water was actually moving from from the south end of, uh, uh, and, and incidentally, it was on the 33rd degree parallel south. I didn't tell you that. Um, but... Uh, so anyway, the water had left the uh, South American area and had moved to the African area, and was um, it was quite a phenomena. And it, like I said, it wasn't in the papers. And I've had a whole article on the delusion resistance about it. Um, so anyway, let's uh, let's move back to okay. Yes, yeah, so we were talking about the um, the collider that uh, was going to be east of Beijing. So if you were to tunnel through the earth, you would come up at that bay. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. That's that's not coincidence. Um, so maybe they do have one there, and they fired it up, and that's what happened. Um, the one for China that, that China's planning on building isn't supposed to be completed until 2030, which would fit perfectly into Agenda 2030. Yep. Um, and there's two other places that they're considering building it. <clears throat> one of them... Um, is in South America, ah, no, South America. One of them is in China, and it's in um, a southern province of China, which is down near, uh, not too far from um, Hong Kong, actually. And if you were to tunnel through the earth from there, you still come up in South America, but you come up way, way north. Um, it's kind of where um, Bolivia and um, Brazil meet. Um, towards, towards, if not right under the Andes Mountains, and I can't see them putting something under there. How that that would be too hard. Um, but there's the third place is um, a place called Yuan, and it's a um, south, I would say, southeast of uh, Beijing. And just from just from uh, guesstimate, would probably be maybe about seven or eight hundred miles uh, from Beijing. And it, you know, I'm I'm just guesstimating at that figure. But um, anyway, if you were to tunnel through from there, you come up in Argentina, on the west end of Argentina, almost to the point where it joins uh, Chile. And um, and it happens to be a desert area, which Dudale was. And it, it's, um, it's odd. It looks almost like the backbone of a human, this mountain ridge where it comes up at, and there's a little mesa there. But when I looked at it more carefully, it would look more like a valley with the mountains around it. Um, if you go south, there's actually a town called El, El Potel. And if you look up Potel in Spanish, it means door or gateway, which I found to be very interesting. Um, gateway to where? 
And if you go east from there, there is a series of these little hills with very deep valleys in them, which describes Dudale very, very accurately. Now, again, um, I don't want to speculate too much on this because the earth has changed a lot since the flood, the time of the flood, the whole geology of the earth. Um, the continents were all broken up during the time of Peleg. Um, it says at that time the earth was um, divided, which means um, channeled. So that's probably when the mountains were, uh, or excuse me, the continents were all broken up and some of the large mountains were, were created during that time. But um, it just I just was struck kind of curious about this because um, here's an area where it almost is almost described, well, here. Um, I've got the article turned. Um and again, uh, the Lord said to Raphael, bind Azazel hand and foot and cast him in the darkness and make an opening in the desert, which is in Dudael, and cast him therein a place upon and place upon him rough and jagged rocks and cover him with darkness and let him abide forever there and cover his face that he may not see light. And on that day of the great judgment, he shall be cast into the fire. Um, but somewhere in here it talks about his um, about it being a place where there are I can't find it right now, so I won't take up the time to go into it. And that's in First Enoch chapter ten. Um, but um, it talks about it being a desert place first of all, and um, it uh, it also talks about it being a place where there are, are mountains and very deep valleys, and. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it, you can't get a better description in this area. And then the fact that there's a Spanish town called the Gate, not too far from it, is just even more of a, uh, right now I'll call it a coincidence, but I don't know. But um, so, I don't know. I'd like to kind of get you guys to weigh in on that and um, to see what you think about it. You know, I know it's all something very, you know, Brian, it's probably brand new to you. Um, I'm just kind of throwing this at you, and, and you haven't had time really to think about it or to research it and stuff like that. Um, but um, first of all, um, this the subject of CERN. Do you think that it could be used for purposes that are not just splitting atoms? And have you read anything about it? Because I know you read about a lot of stuff, Brian, and I know you do too, Eric. And, um, and second of all, do you think that uh, – Maybe the uh, the lock thing is is right, and um, and that uh, maybe that their purpose is to um, right the earth to a zero degree inclination and let these things out. So um, anyway, I will kind of turn it over. <laughs> well, um, I do mostly agree with what you're saying there, Dave. Um, it's the tilt of the earth and the um, and even the angle of it, I think, it's like a lock and key. Um, the one thing I always talked about, and Jimmy's even talked about, is you know you look, you know, you have the tilt of the Earth's axis, but then you have this um, another line that runs from the Bermuda Triangle to through the Earth to the um, Devil's Triangle, which is off the Sea of Japan, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so that's that's your lock and key, and then you have these CERNs that will be probably located in multiple locations of the Earth that will control the um, 
the tilt of the Earth, but also the the other axis point of the Earth as it as if it's a, a key being unlocked. Uh, in fact, uh, I forgot what type of key um, uh, Jim would always or type of lock that Jim would always describe it as, but there's an analogy there. I, I don't have it on the tip of my tongue, but it's basically a lock and key. And you it's think like a it, skeleton key. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. So it's like the, you know, you, we talk about, you know, basically the giving the keys to the bottomless pit, you know, mm-hmm. that's what this thing is. It's, it's the, it's the phantom zone. It's where these, um, you know, sons of God are locked in uh, that prison but they'll eventually be unlocked at the end of time, um, you know, to come out. You know, they're basically fugitives on the run at that point, though they will probably present themselves as, you know, you know, the gods and deities of old. Um, they'll match up with the, uh, you know, the New Age belief system. Um, a lot of them will see them as, you know, all the, there's, they're the ones that created us and seeded us on, on this earth. And so, therefore, they're our creators or whatnot. So, um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Ryan, am I a total whack job or what? <laughs> uh, you are, but that's why I like you. <laughs> oh, nice dancer. I like that. That's why we get along so great. That's right. One whack job of the other. <laughs> yeah. He's he's busy processing um, what was being stated. Yeah. No, I mean I've been listening, you know, and I remember when CERN was being built, I was I actually read up on it when it was being built. And uh, you know, um but also you know I think they've already gone into other dimensions more than we know. I I just know the government. They lie and then they lie again, and you catch them at the lie and they lie about that. So um, I'm pretty sure I'm I'm a hundred percent sure they've already gone into other dimensions uh, more than we know in in a big way. So and I, I also researched earlier that they want to build a bigger collider. And this collider wants to be is, is going to be 62 miles around, and they're going to build it in two phases. You guys probably already know about this, but um, and the second phase won't even be done until 2100. So uh, saying that, that means the one they have, they're they're maxing it out on what they can do with it, right. or they wouldn't be looking at building another one. You know, you start trading your car in when it starts to wear out, right? Starts to get too many miles on it, and that the one they have now is what uh, ten to fifteen years old, something right. like that, maybe thirteen years old. I mean, that's old for uh, technology now. Technology is six months; it's outdated. So, um, I think they've already broken into several dimensions. I mean, when you think about it, you can use a uh, you can go online and with infrared um, uh, cameras, you can pick up beings, demons, and angels on your cameras. So um, That's right. just with infrared. So with the CERN, uh, with the technology of high-speed colliding particles uh, um, and then measuring and analyzing the data, you know that they've gotten some stuff that would probably blow our minds. And as far as scripture, I think CERN could be used 
during the tribulation to go into other dimensions? I mean, obviously, um, God could just open up a dimension and allow beings to come in. He could open up or the, or the pit or the abyss that he opens up during the tribulation. He could just physically do that if he wanted to. It could be something that's in our own time, and he just unlocks it. So with the CERN, though, he can definitely use that. He can, uh, he can use it for his advantages to judge the earth, which man has made it. Basically, CERN to me is the Tower of Babel in the Bible, CERN. Right. Because mm-hmm. the whole Tower of Babel in the Bible was to be like God and to be God. Right. Uh, for Nimrod. For this, it's they want to find the God particle. They want to be God. These scientists will not come out and say it, or maybe not publicly, but they want to be able to knowledge is power. And they want to be able to go in these other dimensions, get their secrets, their technologies, and adapt it to ours. That's really what they want to do. They right. want to control mankind. So they want to use anything they can, scientifically, they can, because they don't believe in Yeshua like we do, in the Lord. Right. So um, our Adam Collider is the Holy Spirit. He can, he can, it says, this, you know, the word of God can divide the soul in the spirit. It's like a two-edged sword. So um, their sword is the CERN. And basically, to me, my opinion, CERN was a project of, uh, what's the word? Oh, um, full of yourself. They want to build this machine. They want to find out how things were created. They want to figure out how things work so they can control it. When the Bible is very clear, it says, in the beginning, God said. So they don't accept that, and they want to find out how it really happened in their eyes. And CERN is the way to do it. I mean, uh, I can't remember exactly my history, but when we created the atom bomb, it was done in a lab in Berkeley, I think, or it was in California for sure, and in a smaller, much, much smaller lab. And that was the atom bomb. So can you imagine in a 17-mile around collider what they can do? And now they're talking about building a collider at 62 miles right. around. And you can imagine if that goes wrong in their testing or when they finally fire something up like that, what could happen to the earth or at least the surrounding continent? Because you're messing with fire. I, I believe when you start getting into the realm of this type of physics, you're messing with things that you shouldn't be messing with. Right. You're going into the realm of where God lives. And where he not lives like in heaven, but where he dwells in his knowledge, you're going into that area of knowledge. Right. And uh, I believe it's like a kid playing with a loaded gun. You're just taking a chance. And so, yeah, I it's who knows. You certainly could definitely call in, uh, open up other dimensions where beings come in, demonic beings that were created by God, that were angels and fallen, because everything that's seen and unseen in any dimension was created by God. Everything. There's nothing that exists that wasn't created by him, as you guys know. Mm-hmm. And a lot of our audience knows that. So these men and women, these unsaved scientists, are trying to be like God. 
But to, to me, it's like they're being Nimrod. They're they're building their Tower of Babel, and now they want to build a bigger one at, at 62 miles. Yes, that's, that's just crazy. Well, you're, they know what talking about speed of light particles going at the speed of light. And if our audience doesn't know that what that is, it's 186,000 miles a second. And then you collide two particles the size of a piece of grain of sand. And it's 62 miles. They can actually build up faster than the speed of light. There's more room to get more speed. And they uh, used to think nothing could travel faster than the speed of light. But they have in the recent years found things in space that go faster than the speed of light. And one of them was a solar flare off the sun. It was about 10 or 15 years ago. And uh, it's when the sun was really active. It's kind of in its uh, doldrums right now. And I think it was in the year, the early 2000s, and they were having these huge sunspots. And some of them would blow up, and they would go at a million miles an hour, three million miles an hour. But they one particular one, I can't remember when it happened exactly, it was the year, early 2000s. It, they said it tra- traveled faster than the speed of light, and they didn't know why, and they didn't understand how it could do that. And it got to the Earth with it just in very few minutes. And uh, instead of a few days. And so the CERN, you know, I, it's, it's, you know, I hate to say the word evil, but it's, there's nothing good that's going to come out of CERN uh, to me. And right. there's a lot of things they could put their money into to help mankind. This is an ego project to me, for mankind speaking. Um, you're trying to be God and figure out what God only knows. And I, I believe God's not going to let man get that far. He he might get a little glimpse in, into some things and some dimensions, but uh, um, he's not going to let him go too far because uh, you know what men do with knowledge and power? Well, look what our governor's doing with his, his power. You know, uh, help me out. What's that phrase, guys, that says, Power corrupts, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Thank you very much. I couldn't. I, I'm low on coffee. I had a lot of coffee in the morning, but at night it wears off. So <laughs> yeah, it sounds but, like it. I use that excuse yeah, all so the thanks. time. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm gonna go um, at, at 8:30. I'm gonna go suck on my pacifier that's tainted with coffee. So sounds good. Yeah, but it's just. The whole CERN thing, I remember when it was being built, and I remember when they found the faces on Mars in the early 90s, and everybody just discounted it as a, um, you know, a hoax. I come to find out it's not a hoax at all. You know, there are structures on Mars, there are structures on the moon. All the stuff that we thought was conspiracies and we, we laughed at is actually more and more proof is coming out that it's really true. So... With the CERN, it's basically um, a man device to shake man's fist at God, saying, you know what, look what we can do. We're going to go into these other realms that you're in, and we're going to own them. And we're going to take them for ourselves, and we're going to take knowledge out of there, and we're going to build bigger weapons. We're going to build faster aircraft. We're going to build spaceships, light-speed spaceships from this stuff. And we're going to be better than you, God. And that's what I get out of it. Because right. what else can you get out of it? It's just, it's it doesn't help. The, the average person is not going to be helped by this. They're actually going to be hurt by this technology. Exactly. In my opinion. 
Exactly. You know, if you look at CERN, um, it's funny how uh, the, the New Age and, and the elites, they're, they're into wordplay. And um, so CERN is supposed to, it's a French word or a French phrase that's supposed to, let's see, Council European. I'm going to try to sound French like Inspector Clouseau. Uh, Council European pour la recherche uh, nucléaire. Okay, it sounded more Italian than it did French. Anyway, um, so that's what CERN is supposed to be. But what a lot of people don't know is that there used to be a god named Cernunos. And the first four letters are C-E-R-N. And guess where he used to be popular? He used to be popular in northeast Gaul. And you know where that is? That is right where Switzerland and France joined uh, their country lines. So, and supposedly this this god Cernunos um, used to be a messenger, and I think he used to ferry souls um, to and from hell. Um, so, the so the name Cern is not a not it's it's got a dual meaning to it. Okay. Um, we're supposed to think it's it's uh, the Council for Nuclear Research, uh, the European Council for Nuclear Research, but it, basically what it is, it's um, it's a tribute to this god, this god Cerner, you know, and um, and you know they're in the front of their front door to get into the main lab there in Cern is um, a statue of the god Shiva, uh, which in uh, in Hindu religion, Hindu religion, is the god of destruction. Um, he would destroy things so that there was another god, I can't remember his name right now, um, could rebuild them again. So, And isn't that the aim of the, of the devil, to destroy the earth so he could he could uh, build it up for himself again and make it his kingdom? That's yep. A lot of people seem to think what the that's what uh, his purpose is. He wants to destroy Earth as it is because it's a creation of God, and he wants to destroy mankind because mankind is a creation of God. So, yeah, uh, what better what better way to do that than um, than uh, than to try to right the Earth and uh, and mess things up? But, and, and we know that this isn't going to be the end of the Earth because we've read Scripture, we've read it to the end, and we realize that. Uh, that Yeshua returns, but you know the one interesting thing that I that I would like to bring up, or I think it's interesting anyway, is that um, there's going to come a time, and it's illustrated in uh, Revelation 10, where um, uh, the sixth angel has just pronounced his decree, and when he pronounces his decree, right at the end, he says, "Behold, time is no more." And I know we've talked about this, and the audience is probably getting sick of me talking about this. But if you look at the the uh, Greek, excuse me, because it's written in Greek, it actually means something that has existed doesn't exist anymore and has been replaced by something else. Okay, God is my witness. Go read it for yourself. That's what it means. And so um, I could see them firing this thing up. For several reasons, one one would be the right to the earth and, and to release the angels. Um, another would be to mess with time because we know that when people are, are in heavy gravitational fields, time is altered for them. Yeah. So, and we also operate <clears throat> under the assumption that 
that uh, man is able to travel time to some degree. And, um, you know, we, we've talked about this many times in the show before, how he's probably gone back in time to try to influence things. And that doesn't work so good because, you know, if you step on a butterfly and that butterfly was meant to do something and it affected your ancestor, it's not going to happen. But God can get around things like that. But anyway... Um, when you find UFOs and pictures uh, that, that Da Vinci painted of uh, the Virgin Mary with the Madonna, and uh, and or she's the Madonna with uh, with the Christ Child, and um, and other medieval pictures of UFOs having uh, aerial battles in the sky, um, it makes you wonder if they went back in time to create that illusion so that when the time came for UFOs to actually become a part of our society, um, yeah. that that it would be manifest and it would be proof that these things are real and they've been around forever. Plus, um, as Jim has speculated, and I do believe, I think that they were wanted to go, go in future, but they were only, they were only allowed to go so far. And, um, cause they wanted to affect the outcome of the future. And you can't do that. Um, so anyway, um, I think Jim said that, they got as far as seeing the Antichrist in the temple and that they weren't allowed to go any farther than that. So because they saw the Antichrist in the temple, they think they've won the war. Okay, yeah. so they're operating under that assumption that they've won the war against God. Um, however, um, there, there's a problem with time machines is that you're messing around and trying to um, manipulate the maker of time into doing something that he doesn't want to do. And so he can always say, aha, <laughs> you know, without using a pun here, I hold the Trump card um, and I'm going to do something that will just totally just wreck your plans, Satan and Antichrist and anybody else that's trying to mess with me. And so I'm just going to put an end to time altogether. Now, you can't mess with it. Something that doesn't exist, you can't mess with, right? Um, go ahead, Eric. It sounds like you want to. Well, when they fire up the CERN, uh, eventually, maybe with the multiple ones around the Earth, it'll probably break that electromagnetic grid that's around the Earth that actually locks us into linear time, basically right. throwing us into the eternal realm, Right. which would be very, very interesting. So not only do they use CERN to unlock the pit to, to overlay uh, the pit hell onto the earth itself. This will also allow them to breach space time and actually bore and pry open uh, an entrance into the eternal realm into, you know, where, where God dwells. So they're actually going to go to war against God in the heavens. And they're going to, there's going to be a war there, you know, to some degree, uh, and then they're they're beaten and they they're cast back down to the earth, um, you know, to basically take out their, uh, you know, well they'll come, they'll, yeah they'll take their, basically they want to take as many um, of us with them as they can, so they'll they'll come back uh, being the nice people that probably want to kill you, uh, um, at first and then as you know time is running out. Um, not that there's any time, but their time is short. Um, they'll um, they'll end up, uh, you know, showing themselves for what they truly are, and right. you know, either 
trying to take us, give us the mark of the beast or, or convince us to take that mark of the beast, which has always been my opinion that, you know, it's, um, it, it's a eternal body based on science and technology. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and also, you know, it's, I think myself that it's at the three and a half year point or halfway through because yep. that's when, if the, if the angels are released at that time and, and the, and then, and there's a war in heaven, and, that, and Satan is thrown down. That's when he is going to commit his wrath against mankind. Yep, I agree. Okay, but then God's going to step in and say, "But you know what? No, you're not, because I'm going to do my wrath against you and mankind right now." And that's what the last seven and a half years are going to be like. So it's going to be God's judgment upon not only mankind. But it'll be God's judgment on the fallen angels and everything else during that time. Well, in Thessalonians, it says that you know, he, you know, he he sends a strong delusion so that they would believe a lie. Right. It's actually not just for man itself; it's actually for them as well. Right. They are deluded in their mind that they can beat God. Mm-hmm. They believe that they can because they've been able to travel the linear timeline to the end of linear time in this dimension. And see their antichrist standing in the temple, right? But they can't see anything beyond that because time has ended, and God is outside of time. So exactly. So they lose. God it's, it's, wins. It's we interesting. Win. It's real interesting how you know we were looking at it now, and we're looking at how um, how he's possibly going to work things. God is, you know, and how he's going to let man use man's technology against himself. While using it, while helping man to use his technology against himself, actually, and um, and how uh, it's it's all possibly going to play out, and it helps us. I don't know about you, you guys, but it helps to bring me comfort mm-hmm. knowing that um, you know he's got this all planned out. You know, he's he's no matter what we do, you know if. <laughs> It, and I've and I'm, I'm learning this more and more the older I get, but no matter what I do, even if it's a major fupa, God's going to use that for His glory. And then I sit here and I'm like, Oh Lord, you know, I create I created this major fupa, you know, or however you say that word, and I totally blown it. And God's saying, Yeah, but you know, from the time I started writing things down before heaven and earth were created. I knew you were going to do that, and I've already made a fix for it. So it's definitely, it, it's not really a fupa because I knew you were going to do it, and it was in my plans all along. So, you know, it's it's just amazing to know that, you know, all of our mistakes are already corrected and are accounted for, and, and you know, and that's because of the cross, of course. Um, but it's also because God had planned it out. Yahweh had planned it out way, way ahead of making heaven and earth. And um, and uh, it's just, you know, we, we sing songs in church, you know, what a mighty God we serve and, and things like that. And those words are, are wonderful, but they don't, I don't know if there are human terms that we can ascribe to God to, or Yahweh, I'll, I'll say, I don't like to use the term God too much because there, there's a lot of gods in this world, but um, but you know who I'm talking about. But anyway, um, so it's it's just amazing that 
we try our best to put it into human words, uh, the mightiness, the glory, the the majesty of God, and they don't even come close to describing what God is really like. You know, it's 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 an attempt, and I know He honors it. Um, and that's why I think that we we have the gift of tongues too, because we we utter things um, um, with the the, la- the language of angels, basically. And we can, I think that some of the things that we say when we're speaking in tongues are honoring him with those words that we could not possibly be able to come up with, um, with our own human vernacular, you know, and, and that's why I'm thankful for that gift. I really am. You know, I've, I've seen it abused. We all have, you know, um, in churches and stuff like that. Um, I, uh, I just want to, there was a uh, Jews for Jesus presentation at a church I was going to, and I was sitting next to a girl uh, that was in the presentation. And I, I asked her, I said, you know, what do you think about speaking in tongues? Cause it was an assembly of God church. And, you know, uh, back then, if you didn't speak in tongues, you didn't have the Holy spirit and you're probably going to hell. Uh, according to that denomination, they've changed it since then. I understand, which is a good thing, but, um, and uh, so she said, you know, she said it was the funniest thing. She says, when I when I was first heard about the gift of tongues, she, she said, I, I, I hadn't even really heard about it. But all of a sudden I was in a church and everybody speaks, started speaking different languages. And and I thought, oh, this is cool. All these people are from different different places and they're speaking in their their native tongues. So she said, I started speaking in Hebrew and she was praying in Hebrew and. And everything, and I guess that she didn't hear that everybody had ended, and she continued to pray for uh, a little bit over, and um, and so she realized that she stopped, and um, and so somebody yelled out, "I've got an interpretation," you know that happens so many times, and and I'm not knocking that that's true. I'm just saying that it's it's abuse sometimes, and 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 this. A guy or woman, I can't remember what she said, came out with this. It was nothing like the prayer that she was praying. And uh, so she she walked up to the pastor afterward and said, you know, she says, I, I got to contest something. She said, I was praying in Hebrew because I thought everybody was praying in a, in a native tongue, you know. And what I was praying was not what that person said. I was praying, you know. And uh, the pastor just kind of patted her on the head and smiled and goes, Something like, you know, someday you'll learn or something like that. And um, so anyway, you know, the gifts that we do get from God can be abused by some. Um, but for the most part, they're, they're used in, in fidelity with our uh, with our faith and, and with our worship of um, of Yahweh. And um, and that's a good thing. But uh, it's it's like anything else. We just have to be careful about that but um, I don't know even know why I got onto that subject but um, anyway so um, we went we went into um, talking here we went into the CERN thing and and I'm glad we did um, what does wind song say here Sharon is the ferryman on the river sticks to Hades according to Greek and Roman mythology I think you were thinking of that name dave um no actually you know that's true what you say but um 
No, there actually was a, a god named Sir, and it, it, it might have been the same god because it did talk about the Romans having veneration for him, and maybe they called him by that name, but the name definitely was Serunos. And um, but you know, when you start talking about polytheistic religions like like uh, the ancient Roman beliefs and the Greeks and mythology and and all the uh, other things that uh, were going on in uh, Europe at the time. They all basically worship the same person, and uh, we all knew who that was. Uh, no, it's you didn't make a mistake. I'm just saying that um, that it's the um, it's probably the same guy or the same being, I should say. It's just that um, he uh, the Romans knew him by one name, and the uh, Greeks knew him. By that name also, but that the uh, yeah, there's Celts, a, there's a, the Celts knew there's by a, Serunos. There, there's a chart that kind of lays out the Roman gods and the Greek gods and even some of the other same deities that are in other uh, regions of the world, and you can almost line the same individual up the line. They just they use a slightly different name for whatever culture that is um, currently in in that state. So. Mm-hmm. But so we're both right. Both right. Yeah, yep. we're both right. One's Greek, one's Roman, but it's the same person. Yeah. It was just like now, you know, if you went to Italy and you said Jesus, they wouldn't know who you're talking about. But if you said Gesu, they would know you're talking about Jesus. If you went to is Islamic world and you said Jesus, well, they may know who you're talking about because it's become a fairly popular name over the centuries. But um, But if you said Issa... They would know you were talking about Jesus. That's what they call Jesus. It's a, um, so, you know, it's different names, same person. Um, I get down on, uh, there's a lot of, or there are some uh, messianics that say, oh, it gets to the ridiculous point now where um, you got to say, you can't say Yeshua. You got to say Yeshua um, or something like that. And you can't say Yahweh, you have to go Yahweh. And I'm like, oh, come on. You know, when I'm praying to the Lord and I say Yeshua, he knows who I'm praying to. You know, let's let's not mix apples and oranges here, you know. Have you found that out, Brian, that, <laughs> that in the Messianic world there's a bunch of different things? Yeah, I've been corrected about that by people here and there. You know, Yahshua, Yeshua, Yeshua, you know, uh, Yeshua HaMashiach. Yeah. You know, so, it's, yeah, it's just, I just ignore them. They're fleas and ticks. You know, it's like, there's so many. <laughs> I like the analogy. It's just that, because like usually that. when somebody's criticizing you like that, it's because they have an agenda or they have something they want to, they want to get across. So over the years, with people that are critical, that critical, I, I, they're not, they're, they belong to the Lord. I shouldn't say that. But um, you said it earlier, Dave, that the Lord knows your heart when you're praying what you're talking about. You know, how many different languages and dialects in the world that people pray from? And he understands all of us in our hearts. So I've had people try to correct me about Yeshua. And I just kind of smile and say, uh-huh, 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 like a teenager. Yeah. You're, you're telling your teenager what to do, and they go, and they, they in their brain, they're saying, when's dad going to be done so I can do what I want to do, you know? Uh-huh. So, 
that's what teenagers do. So I just like, I just, if they're saying something, I know it's from the Lord. Yeah, you listen. But when they're being critical of you, like just because they want to be critical, then you just kind of like, okay, okay. And you go on your way because life is too short to let certain people hold you back. Anybody that's in your life that drags you down to the point every time you're around them, uh, there's something wrong. And, and God doesn't want us to be dragged down emotionally or spiritually or even physically, you know? Exactly. So it's like, you just gotta, it's maybe I'm offending people tonight, but sometimes people in our lives that are constantly, I'm not saying all the time, uh, you know, this is, I mean, I'm saying all the time, this is somebody around that constantly drains you, drains you, drains you. Then you need to take a break because God doesn't want us to be drained. He wants us to be filled up with all wisdom, all knowledge of the Holy Spirit and his love for us and for others. Right. And we used to call them world, spiritual vampires. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's there you go. And in other words, that's it. Yeah. So I've had the same thing happen to me. Yes. Uh-huh. Many yeah, times, actually. Eric is telling us it's pumpkin time, but I, I do want to go into one thing real quick if you guys would help me out. Um, Winsong has uh, asked us to address, she typed something earlier. She says, here's a curious thought. In terms of China wanting to make the United States communist, in recent decades, tons of Chinese babies were adopted by American families. It was kind of them, um, it was kind of them to adopt the babies. But was there an insidious Chinese scheme behind sending lots of Chinese people here? I uh, man, I guess I wouldn't. Yeah, I I wouldn't agree with that. But I don't know what your opinion is. Well, I think if they're babies, you know, I mean, if you brought the whole family here, that would be yeah. something else. But yeah, I mean, taking a, a a baby that has that has not been raised or their ideology uh, just because they're Chinese doesn't make them communist by default. So I. I would have to say no from my standpoint, but yeah, yeah, I I agree with that because if they're being raised by families here in America and they don't have any, if they're not being raised by their parents from China, then they're going to be raised with American values if they're decent families, and they're not going to turn on us as as you would say, you know. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now you know, real quick. Um, my wife teaches Chinese kids uh, English. Um, just get up in insidious hours of the night to do it. Um, but um, I always said that, you know, if there ever was a takeover, that one of those kids might be one of the soldiers and they might recognize her and go, oh, there's teacher Barbara. And, you know, and kind of, they'd kind of leave us alone and, um, you know, and then march on their merry way. <laughs> so... You know, it's. I think that um, she's doing a service that may, you know, could possibly someday help us out. Um, but who knows? I don't think that the Chinese are going to come here um, nope. in, in that capacity anyway. But um, like they're they're going to become oh, a Christian. Well, Nate, well, they're almost on the cusp of uh, passing us up anyway, as far as the amount of Christians. So yeah, I um, they will be I, a they're. Uh, I was going to say, I talked to Gordy Tong because he lives in uh, Vancouver, B.C. And I asked him about the Chinese because I'd heard that, that there's a lot of Chinese up there, Chinese military and stuff like that. 
And he said that back a while ago when there was some kind of business deal going on with the Chinese, I don't know if it had to do with lumber or minerals or whatever, that there were a few Chinese, uh, you know, army officials, mostly at the ports and stuff like that. But since um, that deal has fell, fallen through and there's no longer a business, that there are very few Chinese up in uh, British Columbia. So we don't have to worry about them coming over the border into Washington and down the West Coast. So anyway, <laughs> bring some comfort to us here. So um, sorry to keep you guys late. I know we went about four minutes over, but um, uh, I think it was important to answer Windsong's pro, uh, you know her um, her question. And yep. uh, so thanks for asking that question. I, I like that. That's see, I like stuff like that. It's uh, I like that we can interface with with them, our audience. So anyway, uh, guys, if it's okay with you, we'll end up in a closing prayer. And then, uh, Eric, you can go to sleep and uh, you can start settling in, Brian. And and I'll start working on this and so we can get it on the air. And it'll be nice and crisp and clear for people to listen to. So uh, even though they're listening to it now, I fix it up. So, Father, in the name of Yeshua, HaMashiach, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we just thank you so much for this night, for this show. Thank you for the content. I think we had a very good and lively show tonight. Thank you for our listeners who, who listened in and to our our ladies in the chat room. Um, it's always a blessing to have our ladies in the chat room. It really is. And that doesn't mean that you guys get, get off. If you're, there's guys out there, you get into the chat room, too, because we can interface with guys just as well as we can interface with ladies. Um, but, Father, we uh, we thank you for uh, for our audience. We thank you for this opportunity that you've given us to talk about these things. Uh, we pray for next Monday that maybe Ralph will be available and we can have him on the show, Ralph Epperson. Um, we pray that you would make it so. And um, we thank you for our future guests and for our future shows and um, thank you for this this month when we celebrate, or a lot of people celebrate, the the birth of uh, your Son and our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. And and uh, thank you for Hanukkah that's coming up, I think this week, if I'm not mistaken. And um, we just bless you and praise you, and uh, we we acknowledge you. And and um, until we meet again, Father, we uh, we just pray that you bless our audience with all the things that they need. Um, and those things are many times many. So um, just be a blessing and um, to us and to our audience. And uh, just thank you so much. And we pray and we we uh, glorify you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Okay, audience. Amen. Okay, guys. Okay. Hey. Well, Talk good night, guys. Talk to you later. All right. Have a good night. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.